0: I'm Rod. I've got alcoholism. I want to welcome everybody here. It's a big crowd. I want to welcome the newcomers here, too. I bet I look kind of strange to you, too. What did I get myself into? What's this guy? You look strange all the time. Oh, I look strange all the time. But I've looked this way for uh, quite some years, about 20 years now. So, it's, uh, so get used to it. But, um, but AA, if you knew, it must sound kind of strange. It sounded strange to me. I, I got, uh, my first AA meeting I went to in uh, Boston, my brother drugged me into an AA meeting in Boston. You know, that's, that's pretty bad. And um, I was having this, my brother was uh, an Episcopal, no, I think he was a Lutheran, Episcopalian, I don't know. He had one of those uh, collar religions and stuff. And uh, I was discussing, uh, you know, theological stuff. And I, think I, I thought I was winning the battle, you know? And uh, he just snapped on me, you know? He said, come on, let's go. And he dragged me down to this basement of this, uh, this church in, Bal- in Boston. And uh, I was drunk, of course, because I- that's why I was winning the argument. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, when I got there, he told everybody in the room, it was about a room this size, but the, the ceiling was m- much lower. And he said, this is my brother. And then uh, everybody in the room said, "Hey, Rod," and got up. And everybody came and either shook my hand or something like that. I think they actually came to smell me, see if I was really that messed up, you know. <laughs> and um, this is back in the day. This is back in the day when it, they had coffee and they wore suits. I thought they were a bunch of Jehovah's Witnesses, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear anything they had to say. But uh, ultimately, uh, I ended up here in Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, I ended up here in Alcoholics Anonymous the same night that my future ex-wife became an American citizen. And uh, a couple of months before my final run-up into AA, she, had, uh, she was one of four nationals, couldn't speak English worth crap, right? But I, over the years, I, I knew how to could detect what she was saying and stuff. But she, her accent was so thick, you, had to, you, had to, you have to be around them a long time to understand it. And, but she had started that uh, cursing me out thing, you know, a couple of months before my final run-up she'd uh she'd curse me in the morning and curse me at night and when a person's not from this country and they curse you out it sounds like one of those Hanna Barbera cartoons <laughs> you know you don't it sounds like bugs bunny cussing you out you don't you don't believe it you don't you don't really sort of understand it so i just kept shining it on and uh she just kept doing it you know and um uh, so uh, one night i got um i got uh i got all liquored up at the uh, down over in um Lake Forest at the uh, Hanas. It was, uh, they had a sushi bar. And um, me and a friend of mine, we were solving the uh, Arab-Israeli crisis, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> And the last thing I remember, I remember, I remember, I think I ate everything in the bar. I think the last thing I remember, I think he picks up a cockroach up off the floor and said, eat this, right? And next thing I know, uh, I woke up at home and, uh, And I heard this. And I was in my bedroom, you know, wearing the traditional wife beater shirt, you know. I'd gone home and basically choked the chick out and then passed out. Big mistake. If you got alcoholism and you choke your chick out, don't go home. All right? All right? And uh, whatever you do, don't pass out. All right? So I'd made that classic era, all right? so I heard this knocking on my door by rap, tap, tap, you know? And it was, uh, you know, Orange County's finest. You know, young kid, too. He was backing up the hallway in a gunslinger mode, you know? And uh, he had gotten me out in the front room. They, 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 they couldn't understand what she was saying, though. They, they wanted to wake the man of the house up <laughs> and see what was going on. And, um, and there was this big to-do. It was like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, it's one of, it ended up like one of those spaghetti westerns, you know, with Clint Eastwood. eyes, ah, they looked at me, I looked at them, she looked at her, and stuff like that. And then the, uh, the cops said, this is before O.J. Simpson made it bad for everybody, of course, all right? The cops said, okay, we're gonna take her out, all right? They're just gonna, she felt unsafe, so they're gonna, they're gonna take her someplace she could be. And, um, well, she was, she was indignated, you know? And, um, she gave me that look. You know, You know when, it, when, when your future ex-wife hates your guts, you know that look they give you, like they tell you that look that the kids are really not your look, you know? And then I, I, I was startled by it. And uh, I bumped into one of the cops. Oh, well, that's a different story now. All right, all right? I thought I bumped into them. They call it assault, all right? <laughs> and I proceeded to received one of those Rodney King level ass whoopings. I think I got the first one before Rodney got his. I think they practiced and worked out the details and stuff like that over here in Mission Viejo. And they were whooping on me. And here's the thing about it. I was a full blown alcoholic and I had gone off the rails. So it was a big struggle. It was a big scary fight in this little domicile and more cops, you hey, I was wondering about you. Uh, more cops, and cause I thought I had only the two cops in the house to worry about. No. There were like 40 more cops <laughs> waiting outside. Wait, wait, there were only two more, but they beat me like there was 40 of them. You know what I'm trying to say? And they were happy too. I think cops like to beat us up, you know? And so the, the battle was going back and forth. I, was, I thought I was winning it and stuff like that. But I could hear this, I could hear this voice it was perfect English. Alright? It was my future ex-wife. She was saying, kill that mother effer! Kill that mother effer! It was perfect diction. She had become, she had learned how to curse in the American vernacular. She knew how to make that thing count, and it got to me, and I understood exactly what she meant. And, um, and they, they told me to go to A of, they sent me to A of A, alright? After after I, my head started to s- s- go down and the concussion went away and stuff. And I, and where's, this, where's the timer? What you doing fine? Okay, all right. So, um, so uh, I ended up in this Settleback Valley group of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, um, and I used to drive a sports car. I used to drive uh, a little MGB, wear a little suit. I was dapper. You know, I had a concussion, but I, I actually drove it to the uh, uh, meetings and stuff. And the first thing uh, I, I got from that group, um, I got the, the, the laughter. You know, the laughter we just had. Uh, uh, well, what they laughing at? I got problems, man. I got, I got, I got police problems. I got legal problems. My future ex-wife, you know, she speaks English now. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so I got. Uh, I get that sense of hope, you know. That's what I, I, you know when I, That settleback valley group, with, with all their flaws, and I'm part of half of the flaws myself, <laughs> all right. But they uh, listen to my tawdry tale of woe, you know, and you know back in them days I was like the only black in Orange County, right? And I was complaining about the white cuts, the whitey did this, and you <laughs> know, and um, they just say, keep coming back. You know? And if you do, that's what we say to people that are new who describe themselves that they're alcoholics because you don't really know how much really danger you're really in. So we do the least thing we can say and, and invite you back. Uh, we'll, we'll give you some cake. We'll give you some free coffee. I had a friend of mine, I had five years in the program. He kept inviting me, he kept saying, I got some free bananas, Rod. I'll give you, I'll give you a free banana on Tuesday night if you show up in A of A, you know? And uh, so I got, I got two years, he's a brother too, so non-racial self, all right? All right? But he had read, read my card, he said, Rod ain't gonna be listening to none of this spiritual crap, all right? But I got this free banana here, all right? And for, for an hour and a half a day, all right, he's off the streets. Right, he's here in Alcoholics Anonymous, and uh, he's not home inflicting his alcoholism on his family or his friends or society at large. For one and a half hour a day, I'm around people who knew the problem I had. And see, I come off pretty good. I almost got out of that situation with the cops because I put my alcoholic mouth on them. That's why they decided to take her and not me, if I just hadn't bumped them, <laughs> you know? and. Uh, so I, I got hope here in Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm not, one of those, um, I'm not one of those people who believe in a lot of work. You know, you have a lot of people say you got to do a lot of work. There's a lot of work to do in Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm not, I'm not a, I've done a lot of work, but I'm not a believer in telling people they got to do a lot of work. Uh, if you're like me, if that's the first thing I heard, I was going to say, you know, forget you. And I wouldn't have said it that way. I would have said that other F word, <laughs> all right? Because I was pretty lazy, you know? I mean, I was busy destroying my life with drugs and alcohol. I was not going to come to no AA meeting. How many times did it? 90 meetings in 90 days? Forget that, all right? Read the big book, this thing that looks like the Bible. I'm not going to read the Bible either, all right? I'm not going to do that, all right? They started giving me these little bitty pamphlets. I'm not going to do that, all right? So uh, what they did is just kept inviting me back. And with, these, uh, with this subterfuge, got a free cake, got some free coffee. My friend Wayne got this free banana. <laughs> a Couple of pretty girls told me to keep coming back. I stayed sober five years just on that. <laughs> so whatever you can do to not become a victim of a miserable, watery, bug-eyed, alcoholic death, you should, you should do. You should, try, you should try to survive, because that's, that's what it's like. It's, uh, I, I, it's, uh, when they say keep coming back, uh, it's cold. Uh, for not uh, hanging yourself when you go home tonight by yourself. It's code for not choking your significant other out, even though we know they deserve it. All
1: right?
0: (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. You got alcoholism. There's a lot of people that needed to be choked out, beat down, destroyed, eliminated. All right? The police, the IRS, my future ex-wife and her mom. Uh, (laughs) You know, those people at J. C. Penney. I only owed them 20 bucks, they dogged me for years, man. <laughs> now I sound, I sound people, oh right, you're so funny, but it wasn't funny then. I was, it was, I was serious, I was serious, I was serious business. I was living in that really tiny world called active al- alcoholism, you know, it's full of murderous rage, paralyzing fear, and some terrible sex, you know, or some weird combination of the three. And uh, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of it. You know, and, uh, and what happened is that I got this, uh, what do they call it, this intervention, where's the tamarat. You're the timer. all right? How much time I got? got like 10 minutes. Okay, so um, um, I couldn't get out of it. And uh, even though, you know, that police crew, all right? I remember going, uh, after they, they subdued me, <laughs> and they tossed me in the back of that daggone paddy wagon. I flipped out, man, I was, I was, I was telling this young kid, I, I'm pretty sure I gave this cop PTSD, all right? Because he was driving, I think it was on the 5, or I don't know what it was, he kept looking back, he kept, man, what's wrong with you? I think it's the first time I've ever seen one of us off the rails, you know? It's one thing to see us in a nightclub, you know? And just, you know, bouncing around. It's another thing to be off the rails out of your effing mind, you know? And it scared him, and, uh, it scared me, too. But that usually never stopped me from drinking. I'd get up the next day, look my future ex-wife in the face. Baby, baby, I'll never do it again. And I'd be, I'd be doing that crap again. Matter of fact, if she made a big deal out of it, I was going to do it double. You know? Uh, she'd try to make me make promises. If you're if any Al-Anons here, don't try to make no alcoholic to make a promise to you because they're not going to be able to keep it. Uh, they're gonna, the mouth is going to say they can keep it, but they're not going to be able to keep it. They probably use you as an excuse for not keeping it, and uh, so I ended up in, I ended up in Alcoholics Anonymous. They uh, they told me to come back. Uh, the first thing I learned to do in Alcoholics Anonymous was to reappear in Alcoholics Anonymous. That was the first. That was a, uh, what does he call it? That was the first spiritual experience. Uh, the first uh, epiphany uh, I got. Uh, maybe uh, maybe I don't know what's going on. You know, I got this headache from those cops i get this uh, i get this chick she's speaking perfect english now so now i gotta listen to everything she's got to say mm. so uh i showed up here in aa uh, they gave me uh they gave me a place to work it out and it's really not a if you got alcoholism it's not really a pretty sight you need to be around people who know how to you know hear it see it smell it you know what i mean Because it's an embarrassing thing. You know, it's a lot of shame. Uh, not a, not a, I did a lot of shameful, disgusting, ridiculous, stupid, unnecessary stuff over and over again. I got turned down by prostitutes in Paris because I was too drunk. The chick in the red light district said, read the hand, read the hand. And I, right, this is a professional woman. She was supposed to be making money, but I was so effed up. She said, no, <laughs> n- not here. I, you know, so, it's, uh, so you can be too far gone. When you got alcoholism and you're not gonna be able to make it back on your own. I wasn't able to make it back on my own. And the people in uh, AA gave me a place like, what do they call it? My friends in the Vietnam vets call it, they they gave me an LZ. They gave me a place to crash, you know, some free coffee. Not too much advice. All right. They said, "Well, this is what happened to me." All right, and that's what I learned to do in Alcoholics Anonymous. I listen to I, I listen to everybody in Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and and keep in mind that if some things I've done, some things I haven't done, but I might do in the future if I lose control of this thing again. It's a good it's a good way to learn the things not to do. Uh, a is full of examples of, of good examples of Alcoholics Anonymous. In my case, bad examples of Alcoholics Anonymous. You can uh, you can learn a lot if you uh, if you want to stop drinking. But if you don't. Here's a problem. If you don't want to stop drinking, AA it's gonna sound like that uh, Charlie Brown cartoon where all the parents are talking. Wah, 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 wah. Wah, 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 wah. You, you're not gonna you're not gonna understand it. But if you uh, if you if you stop you wanna stop drinking and uh you're willing to give it a try, I'm gonna say go to any lengths, because in the early days I, I was willing to give it a try, but not total length now. Took no while to do that. But um that, uh, this is the place for you. You, uh, you can get well. I like that section in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page, uh, uh, I don't know what page, it's 164. So if you can just learn to do, a, incorporate couple, a few of these principles in, in your life, you know, not, not lying, okay, all right. all right? Not choking the chick out, you don't need to do that, all right? Leave the police alone, all right? Go to work, pay your taxes, simple stuff, you know? Stuff that normal people do. I also get this high-power thing, however that you, 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 you define that. It says, great events will come to you and countless others. I yelled that way, because that's where it sort of sounds to me when I read it, all right? Because when I sit back and think about my life, a lot of great things have happened to me in my life. I got sober. That chick that I choked out, who I thought was a psycho chick, not chick, I'm talking about the other word, beat thing, you know? Psycho chick from hell. All right? Turns out, no, she's a, she's a pretty nice chick, you know? I was a psycho. That's what, that's what AA does. It flips that script. And turns out, no, I was the problem, all right? I was a witch, all right? I was in hell, and I couldn't get out. And people at Alcoholics Anonymous gave me a way out, a simple way. And over the years, I've been able to do a lot of the things that people talk about here in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, but I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not, I used to be a thumper, fought on a bunch of thumper wars, won them too, uh, <laughs> but uh, I just sort of beg you to try to make it back tomorrow night, cause that's the name of the game. Can you reappear again in AA, like tomorrow night? Cause you got alcoholism, you know, the odds that sort of stacked against you. You may be listening to me and say, well, why do I have to listen to somebody who's got some crap on his face and wearing a bright yellow jacket? All right? who, the, who the heck is he? What has he got to say? Well, I used to think that way too. I was the only black guy in the room with white people. What do these white people got to say? Well, it turns out, if they're Alcoholics Anonymous people, they got a lot to say to your dumb ass. All right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn that the first night. But over the years, I've learned it. You know, that... Uh, we, uh, we talked that language that alcoholics talk, you know. Matter of fact, one of the other things that kept me coming back to AA was the cussing. Now, not a lot of people don't like the cussing thing, but I grew up Southern Baptist, so they were very anti-cussing. Of course, I never learned anything about the religion either, because I was busy cussing, all right, all right? <laughs> but when I came to Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, they were talking about God and cussing at the same time. And I said, well, okay this is almost like a barroom scene, I think I can handle this, you know? And I came back. And whatever reason I could think of to come back to Alcoholics Anonymous, I used. Um, uh, The Pretty Girls, you know, the Free Food, uh, at the Saddleback Valley Group. I slept there several times. <laughs> you know, when you, after a while, you get thrown out of your domicile again. Where are you gonna go at two o'clock in the morning? You're going to the Raymond Club. You're gonna, you're gonna find the extra spare key <laughs> and you're gonna stay the night. And then when you leave in the morning, you're gonna pretend like it, it was never there. So, um, how much time I got? Five. five minutes. Okay, so what can I say in five minutes? I don't have to say anything. So, so what happens is over the last couple of years, um, that, uh, that family situation, they got righted. Uh, uh, the kids, they stopped being afraid of me. You know, back in the day, when I was drinking. Uh, any sharp noise they would hear in the house, boom, they would, they would freeze up and give you that look okay, how, which, what, how, what direction is this crazy and it's going to go? They don't do that anymore. I tell people before I came to Alcoholics Anonymous uh, that uh, my family members, the future ex wife from the kids, treated me like a paycheck but now that I've worked the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, my, future ex- my current ex-wife and my adult kids treat me like an ATM now. So, it's, uh, so it's, uh, I still got them, they're still in my life. Uh, uh, they were brought back into my life by the result of uh, the other group, our sister group called Al-Anon. And uh, I go to Al-Anon every once in a while, listen to their stories. Uh, uh, There's a the group we terrorized when we were drinking and stuff. And my life gotten better. and I've, I've, been all over the, I've been all over the United States, and one of the, uh, one of the lessons I've learned is that uh, every place I went when I was drinking, there was always an AA club or meeting within like almost walking distance. And it was just that simple change in geography where have helped my life. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't prepare to hear it until I was ready to hear it. So if anybody here is new to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, you are probably in the right place. But a place is not the solution either. The solution is called the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. We usually tack it on the wall right here, especially that little 12th item: uh, that spiritual awakening, that new attitude, that profound alteration in my reaction to life—a psychological event sufficient to bring about recovery. Trying to help some other jackass alcoholic, my urban translation, <laughs> and doing this thing in my everyday affairs, because that's where I was drinking most of the time in my everyday affairs. Thanks for letting me share.